as time moves on, the issues keep moving on, and I'm glad we get to keep up with the issues, especially regarding consumer protection, and that means today health insurance. We're checking in with our friend Jamie Court, C-O-U-R-T. Jamie's been with us almost from the start. He's the president of Consumer Watchdog. For my money, the best consumer watchdog group out there, and check them out at consumerwatchdog.org. And Jamie, we're talking health insurance. Thanks for coming back on the Norman Goldman Show. My pleasure. Always my pleasure to be here with you, Norm. Well, Jamie, you you and I have seen a lot. We were talking before Obamacare was Obamacare, and we've been talking all through Obamacare, the attempts by the Republicans to destroy it. And, Jamie, we're back now where yesterday we got the Congressional Budget Office said the plan that passed the House of Representatives would take 23 million people off of health insurance. Now, that is a one million less than their previous bill, but it's still a catastrophe and the senate is having enough troubles dealing with its own internal uh, dilemmas so with this cbo score jamie it's obvious that what passed the house can't pass the senate what do we do in the senate do we just try and force them to gridlock and kick it to the next election or do we sign on to a plan that a couple of republican senators have to simply just turn it over to the states and jamie should we join them and say turn it over to the states and then let democratic states start experimenting with Medicare for all? Well, I think so. I think it's the only way we're really going to solve this problem long term. And what the threats to the ACA has, I think, shown Americans is that their health insurance is very tenuous. And what health insurers give one day, they can take away another. And if you get sick and you have to look at the fine print of your policy, you realize it even more. And that's a lot of the types of people we deal with who you know, aren't covered for a surgery they need or a doctor they need or a drug they need and they have to reach into their own pockets. And that doesn't happen in the rest of the world. The rest of the world, if you have a single-payer system, a Medicare system, Canada, France, and virtually every other uh, industrialized nation, you go to the hospital, they take care of you. Maybe you pay $100 deductible to stay in the hospital for three weeks, but that's it. Uh, And so we need that in America. It's not going to be easy. California has begun that significant step towards that system in the legislature, and um, the forces inside the establishment came back with a very big price tag to make that transition in California uh, that just was released this week. And the budget for the system is bigger than the budget for the state of California by, by a couple fold. And if you capture the money that's being paid now by employers, of course, the price tag becomes more reasonable. We think um, if you limit the people who are covered uh, in the system to people who are legal residents in the state, which the legislation didn't do, and, and, and maybe we shouldn't do it, but if you did do that, you'd probably have a break-even price point with what we have now uh, in our health care system. And you would just capture the money from the federal government, you capture the money employers pay for health benefits and put in a payroll tax, and we'd be close to break-even, maybe a couple of billion dollars away, which you can shore up with a an oil severance tax on oil extraction in the state or some type of readjustments. But it, it could be a very close price break. It's a little different than the analysis that the state officials came up with, which said, you know, we're going to need to come up with probably about $50 billion more to bridge the gap with a uh, single-payer Medicare for All system in California. That analysis is based on uh, covering everyone here, uh, not necessarily counting the existing money in the system, and also covering undocumented um, uh, immigrants, which is, well, something that's right, I think, because uh, in other uh, countries, if you go and get sick to the hospital, they cover you. 
but uh, in California is a third rail because we're going to need a, re- a request a waiver from the Trump administration to get a single payer system here, and he's never going to approve a waiver for something like that. So we're going to have to grapple with all those problems to get a single payer system in California. But at least we're having the debate, and we're talking about the money, and we're going to actually narrow it down to, to financial points. And and that's that would be huge. I mean, if we can make that transition, if we can bridge these gaps, if we can deal with this issue of uh, who's in and, and who's out, or if they're out, perhaps there's a separate system that treats people for clinics uh, as opposed to primary coverage. I don't know, but I do know this. We're talking about it. We're talking about it because we know what Obama gave us with the ACA, Trump can take it away with uh, whatever he's going to do in the Senate, and he will if he can. And their replacement is going to have something that charges people more if they have pre-existing conditions, if they've gotten sick. And the reality is this current insurance system under the ACA, under Obamacare, is full of lots of holes. Two narrow networks of doctors, a fine print that denies patients coverage. People like it because there are huge subsidies to buy insurance, which is a benefit. And there are some pretty good consumer protections that we fought for in that bill. But once you start to take away the subsidies and the consumer protections, you reveal the avarice in the insurance industry again to more and more eyes. And then the only solution is Medicare for all, which is why, and I'll say this is my last word on the topic, in recent polling, 60% of Americans want a a Medicare for all system. 60%. Wow. I've never seen that in my lifetime. You and I are talking to our friend Jamie Court. I hope you recognize his voice. Check out Jamie Court. Yes, it's spelled C-O-U-R-T. Check out Jamie Court at ConsumerWatchdog.org, where he is the president. And, Jamie, I see a big problem here because right now it's not that Obamacare is dying. Uh, Michael Hiltzik, our friend at the L.A. Times, has been writing about how Donald Trump is intentionally killing it. And even the insurance industry, the health insurance companies, all the parties that are usually aligned with the Republicans— they're really angry at Trump and the Republicans and saying you're killing Obamacare by creating all this uncertainty. So in the short term, the Democrats are going to have to figure out whether they work with the health insurance industry to just shore up Obamacare in the short term to, to work on a long term solution. But, Jamie, I see a big problem here because the House of Representatives bill that passed is not going to pass the Senate. Something that the Senate can get through is not likely to pass the House. I don't see even with Republicans on both sides how they can agree on any anything. And that brings in the Susan Collins uh, proposal, Susan Collins, Republican senator of Maine, to just turn it over to the states. Jamie, I foresee a day where the Republicans may be just, you know, gridlocked between themselves, between the two chambers of Congress. And and then they turn to the states and the Democrats and say, what do you think? We'll give you your waivers. You could try your single payer. I mean, is this something we should seriously be uh, considering now so that we're prepared if and when that day arrives? Uh, Yes. We have to be prepared. And, you know, out here in California where the uh, big one, the earthquake's bound to come, we're all about earthquake preparedness. Well, we're doing a drill on health care preparedness right now in our legislature. And I'll tell you, it's raucous because when they when they tag the price tag on the single-payer bill. $400 uh, billion, you know, $400 billion a year, <laughs> man. That scares well, a lot yeah, of people. It's a big that number. Scares, that really scares people. But. It's okay. It's a place to talk. I think it's way inflated. And again, the reason it's so inflated is it doesn't properly capture the savings of a single payer system, doesn't properly capture how much money is being paid into this system now, and it presumes, which the bill actually has in its language, that everybody who lives in California is going to be covered regardless of whether they're a citizen or a, res- or a legal resident. I think 
that last point's going to have to get worked out, even though the author of the bill, Ricardo Lara, is unabashedly for, for immigrants' rights, and it's going to be very hard for him to pull back and, and say, oh, well, I'm going to cover legal residence. I think the legislature, if ever gets a signature on this bill, it's going to have to be that, unfortunately. Um, that's the society we live in when you got to get past the White House. Uh, the second thing is what employers pay for now, uh, which is, you know, about up to you know somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of their payroll is coming in as as health care benefits, as health insurance benefits. The employers won't be paying that, but they would instead pay a payroll tax. That money would bolster the system. And then you know the savings. What isn't built into this analysis is the idea that if you have a single payer system, you're not going to be paying the same amount to doctors and hospitals and uh, drug companies as you do today. The rest of the world pays 66% less for those services. So if you pay 66% less for those services, you're going to have a big cut in the cost of medical care. And that's not something that the state officials factored in. It's largely because, frankly, the uh, legislature, well, it's, you know, a legislator is moving this bill, but the governor uh, of the state is not on board with single payer. And the legislative analysts aren't used to looking at game-changer proposals like this and, and doing it in a fair and honest way. I've dealt with the legislative analyst's office on many ballot measure proposals, and uh, their uh, ability to really gauge the cost of some of these is really suspect. But that's the number we got. That's the number we'll deal with, and that's the number we will actually work with. And if you capture current dollars through a payroll tax and you start to close some tax loopholes, you can actually get to the number they have uh, and put the system in place. So we're having a real debate. I mean, it, it, I've had this debate on single payer in California before. Uh, this was maybe ten year, eight years ago, and they never had a they never had a funding mechanism for it. They passed the bill, Arnold Schwarzenegger vetoed it. It never had a financing mechanism. It wasn't a real debate. We are having a real debate, and um, it's messy because it's a messy it's a messy analysis. But we're going to get through this debate, and when we get to the other end of it. We're going to have a plan that stands up you know, on paper and stands up, uh, you know, if it ever gets implemented. And if it doesn't get to this governor, which I hope it would, uh, we're going to have another governor soon. And that governor hopefully will be one of the many candidates who've already endorsed single-payer health care. And if that governor won't do it, we always have a ballot measure process that can put it in place. But we are going to pass this thing in California. And when we pass it, we're going to turn to whoever is president of the uh, United States of America at that time and ask uh, for a waiver to implement it. And depending upon how we draft it and how we pass it and what it says, it's going to be hard for Republicans that say they're in favor of state rights to deny that waiver. And if it takes more than another three years and uh, 250-some-odd days, 240-some-odd days, then but who's we might counting? Have a Democratic president. You know? But who's counting days now? Uh, yeah. Well, Jamie, I love the uh, the perseverance aspect of this. And yes, we tried a single payer. Uh, Schwarzenegger vetoed it, but there was really no robust public debate. Uh, but Jamie, these things... Well, there was no money in it. it you know, I mean, to, to be fair, they passed a bill that didn't specify how they'd pay for it or what the cost of it was. Well, and it was... That's not a real, that's not a real bill. It didn't have taxes in it. You're going to have to raise taxes. Well, going. you're going to have to do a lot. You're going to have to make a deal with employers to have them not pay health insurance but pay a portion of that to the state. It's going to well, be an I mean. enormous they're gonna, they're gonna thing. Of, right. Instead of paying for health and benefits to the insurance companies, they're going to pay a tax to the state instead. Oh, Jamie, you got to right. make a deal with the car insurance companies because this med pay will no longer be needed for car insurance policies. Right, and we're going to re reduce the duplication on workers' comp insurance. Right. All it's an enormous undertaking, that, man. We're talking about a complete restructuring of the medical system. This is a giant thing. 
thing. We got to get all the stakeholders in. It's going to take years. It's going to be uh, you're going to have to make a thousand deals along the way. Jamie, we're talking about a catastrophe, but we got to get through it for the greater good. Well, more than, more than that, there are interested parties at every step of this way with money at stake. Absolutely. And that's why they've maintained this current system, which is just stupid and, and, and piecemeal and, and cares more about profit than taking care of people. But I have never seen as many eyes open to Medicare for all as Donald Trump has opened. And I give him uh, much thanks for that. <laughs> Okay. Well, Jamie, I got to leave it there, but my goodness gracious, what a humorous note to leave it on. And perhaps, perhaps some good will come from all of this. And certainly I'm hopeful that if some good comes from all this, it'll certainly happen through a single payer Medicare for all system. And Jamie, it's going to take a long time to do it, but it's going to be a big job and we'll get it done. We've been talking with our well, friend you know, Jamie you know Court. I think Trump will come on board, honestly. He's just got to talk to the Russians. <laughs> they, they will tell them how, how well the single-payer system has worked there and everywhere else in the well, world. Well, I'll give you an alternate scenario. The Democrats take both houses of Congress in November 2018, and Donald Trump is still in the White House, and he's got nothing to show for his presidency. And the Democrats say, you want to make some deals? You keep saying you're a great deal-maker. We're in a deal-making mode. Let's make some deals. We'll put your name on things. You can have some accomplishments, but they're going to be Democratic priorities. At that point, Donald Trump's going to have no Republicans. The Republicans will hate him anyway. Anyway, they pretty much already do. So there's a scenario for you that we can actually get Donald Trump to sign some presidential, uh, some Democratic priorities simply to save his presidency uh, come, come 18 no months from now. I have sign a single-payer bill if it hit his desk. I have no doubt that a single-payer bill exactly. is not going to hit his desk. Well, Jamie... <laughs> Let's keep working for it. We've been talking to Jamie Court. Find him at consumerwatchdog.org. And, Jamie, the battle continues. Bernie said it, and we agree. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week. Thank you, man.